a playlist original. Hey you guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we're the Lover's Passport, and we are welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. We are going to be talking about anything raw, anything behind the scenes, all of our fun things on our adventures. And we have an exciting episode for you today. We went to Abu Dhabi a few months ago, and now we are back in the Middle East in Jordan and Dubai. And we're going to be talking about the differences between all the different areas and kind of our experience as we go from one to another. Before heading over to the Middle East for the first time, I feel like there were a lot of stereotypes about the area and not just for like couples, travelers, female travelers, things like that. And coming over here has been totally different than everything that I had thought it would be. Yeah, I totally agree, especially with my dad was in the military. So I feel like I had a very Um, Not bad taste, but he definitely had a lot of stories about what was happening when he was getting sent over here. And after visiting quite a few times, and even when we were telling people like, oh yeah, we're going to the Middle East, or telling my grandpa or my family... I feel like their reactions almost... Were all ne- they were like, oh, they were, watch they were all, out. Exactly. Oh, they were like, all so negative from the, fir- the first time we were like, yeah, we're going over there to promote Abu Dhabi and see all the culture and the beautiful areas. And almost every single person in my family was like, why are you going to the Middle East? Like, I like, feel like... what's there to do over I feel there? like for the U.S. especially, because it's such a long flight, it's like 15 or 16 hours to fly over here. Depending on where you're coming from. That's from California. Yeah. And it's like from California to Qatar... To get to Abu Dhabi, it's the longest, second longest flight path in the world for a nonstop flight. It's so it is quite a bit to get over here. Plus, for us, it's a twelve-hour time change depending on where you are. Yeah, which is quite the long flight. So I feel like that first off is a reason that not too many people come out here. But I don't know. I feel like there's this sort of stigma, and that's what we're gonna try and break. We're just gonna talk to you about our experience when we went to. Should we start with Abu Dhabi? Yeah, yeah. Well, Abu Dhabi, if you don't know, is about an hour away from Dubai. Dubai. So it's a very, very cultural area. It's one of the seven emirates in the UAE. If you didn't know, there are seven of them. Obviously, the two most well-known ones are Abu Dhabi and Dubai. But Abu Dhabi, when we were going there, was... I don't know. It surprised me a lot. When When I go to the Middle East, all I think about is dunes or like crazy landscapes when it comes to lots and lots of anytime i see pictures of namibia they always are like these crazy sand dunes and very dead looking and i think of like the dead sea and like i don't know i just don't think of a lot of a greenery when when i think of dubai i think of like crazy skyscrapers so finally being able to visit the water really impressed me i feel like that was the first thing that kind of blew me away was the blue water that surrounded it yeah so when we visited abu dhabi one of the first things that we did was kayaking out on the mangroves. So they sent us out on this giant kayaking tour around the area. And it was beautiful turquoise water, super warm, very, very salty water because um, mangroves really thrive in that kind of environment. But it's not something you would expect when you're like, oh, I'm going to the Middle East and I'm going to go kayaking in this beautiful blue water. Uh, And same thing, we went wakeboarding in one of the bays over by Abu Dhabi Marina and the water was so nice. Like that's not something that I expected right off the bat because when you think of like nice water, you typically think of nice tropical destinations or the Caribbean or Bahamas, you know, that kind of area. So that was the first thing that took us by surprise. But I feel like another thing that really surprised me was just the amount of 
infrastructure and how clean it was. Oh, it was like, so clean. Wh- when I think of LA or New York or any of these big cities, you drive around and there's homeless encampments all over the place. There, it's very trash. If you go to the busy areas, there's graffiti everywhere. There's crime which, everywhere. Exactly, which I mean, it's just, that's a big city thing, but I thought it was every big city. And, and here we this are. this is the capital city of the UAE for the, for, re- for reference. Like, not Dubai, not any of the other Emirates, like Abu Dhabi and Abu Dhabi city is the capital of the Emirates. Yeah, it was this massive city, but everywhere was so clean from the big skyscrapers to the downtown area to even like their parks. We went to this one park. It had a one $1 entrance fee, I think, to get in because it was, it was a beautiful park. There are fountains all over the place. Families were out there playing. There were kids out there without their parents. Like it, it felt so safe and so it was completely different than I would expect. It was clean and safe. Like, I wouldn't tell if I ever had a kid, which we will eventually. But if I, if I looked at him, I'm not going to be like, yeah, go to the park in Los Angeles. And I have no problems yeah, no. with that. I feel like I'm going to want to go with them, watch them, make sure no one's harassing them. But it felt so safe. And everything was so clean from the public transportation to the parks. I don't think we saw any trash the entire time no, that we were there. No, no. It was so clean. And, and also there was security everywhere. That's one thing we encountered like right away even at the airport when you're transferring at Doha or if you're landing in Dubai or anywhere over here you have to go through a ton of different uh security measures so we went through security I think three different times just to get to Qatar and and transfer so make sure if you guys do visit give yourself a lot of time with your connections because you have to go through two to three rounds of security yeah it was crazy especially flying back to the U.S. think of like the regular airports you go to you go through TSA it's one round do you think that every round was as extreme as the first one? It was pretty one, intense security each time. I mean, it depends because they'll ask you where you're coming from or you're Which going. Which was the funny part, purpose. I think. <laughs> like, so it depends. But I personally felt very safe. I would, I'm happy that they have those safeguards in place because this is an area where although the Emirates are very, or we felt were very safe and are known typically as the safest area of the whole area of the Middle East... It's nice knowing that they're they're adamantly trying to look for things that could go wrong. And I feel like they they definitely have like a stigma of, or they know the people that they're looking for. I feel like as soon as we said that we were flying over from the U.S., all of a sudden their smiles came out. They were like, "Welcome to the Abu Dhabi." Because I mean, we're also this, pretty basic, like yeah, we're generic basic. white looking people, guys. <laughs> so it may be a different experience for other people, but yeah. for us. Um, Anytime, especially right now in Jordan, this is where we're filming, coming to you live from Jordan. Um, anytime we say we're from the U.S., everyone's like, wow, you came so far to visit, and it's cool that you guys are coming here. And Yeah, but I mean, uh, trying to stay on the subject of Abu Dhabi, I think another really, really cool thing about it was the culture there. Like, I feel like back home in the U.S., you go to LA, it's not like you're not, you don't go into this crazy culture. I feel like what the one. What are you one, talking about? We get valley girls. Well, okay. But I, I, <laughs> like if you go to New Orleans, I feel like you're going to be encaptured in that culture. If you go to New York, I feel like there's a certain culture we to New York. We get Beverly Hills glamorous influencers <laughs> in the wild for us in Southern California. But like, I, I feel like everyone there was, ju- they respected the land and they respected their culture and they respected what what was happening there. Like almost everywhere we went, people were super, super friendly. I don't think we had one bad experience of meeting strangers, meeting tour guides, meeting anyone. And they were more than happy to teach you too. Like when we went to the mosques and we went to the palaces, even if we didn't have a tour guide, everyone would 
kind of brief you on the proper customs, the norms before you went inside. Yeah, we were very ignorant when we were walking around. I we, was not. You I were. felt very ignorant with all the different customs and everything because it's just we. I was never introduced to that as a I kid. I did my research, so it was it was really cool to be able to learn how much they respected that. And another thing I think that was super cool over here was I feel like in the U.S. religion is such a big like polarizing factor. It felt like over here. Everyone respects everyone. There's not like a crazy like downfall Divide. of like, oh, you're you're this religion, I can't talk to you, or or you're this race, I can't talk to you. I feel like everyone was just so accepting and very, very, I don't know, very, could, should I say woke? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I felt like that too the second, the first day we went to Abu Dhabi, we went to this park that Stephen was talking about, and they have a whole like exhibit basically, and it was all preaching tolerance of not just religion, but other people's opinions and views. And that's something that's not really practiced in the I US. think something <laughs> that was really cool, too, that kind of blew my mind. Because you think of, like, Middle Eastern countries, you think of very male-dominated. We keep talking about this park, but they also have this full monument dedicated to how they're putting women in power. And, and how... equal opportunities for women. Exactly. Which, which, when I was talking about the stereotypes I had in my head beforehand. You really think about the Middle East as being a male-dominated culture still. Like, there's definitely a lot of work to be done in that department. Like, females just got the right... Or I, I don't even know. I, I clearly remember some song from, like, Mia or MIA. I forget what her name is, technically. But it was in protest because women weren't allowed to drive. I think it was in Saudi Arabia. I'm not 100% positive. But, like, people or women don't have the same rights here as they do in the U.S. Not in every country in the Middle East, just generically speaking. And so seeing how the Emirates were so open and very um, committed to equal opportunities for women is very cool. And I felt like everything there was really real. Like there was no fake marketing or fakeness behind it. We'll get into Dubai in a second. But I feel like in that in that area... At, it just felt so culturally beautiful to see the mosques and you walk in and it's just magnificent. The type, I feel like if I walked in the white white house, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. Magnificent. It's ma it's, I don't know. It's beautiful, but I feel like walking into there is a completely different experience. I, because you don't see anything like that back home. The architecture, the style, the colors, the, the mosques were insane. Yeah. Some they, of the most beautiful, clean, like, we keep saying clean because it literally was spotless. They must clean this thing, like, every oh, man. hour. Mr. Clean lives there. It was insane. But, yeah, all the all the culture was very, very cool. And I definitely felt more of that in Abu Dhabi than I did in Dubai. Yes. If you guys want to see exactly what we're talking about, I think Kassar al-Watan was the most magnificent. <laughs> I think Kassar al-Watan was one of the most impressive, in my opinion. And then the Grand Mosque was also fantastic. I just think that Kisar al-Watan had a little bit more detail, especially on the interior. It wasn't as maybe, it wasn't as like architecturally sound on the outside as the Grand Mosque. It definitely had the golds more than Kisar al-Watan, but the inside and the interior, the palace, because it wasn't a mosque, it was a palace. So I think that's why the inside was a little bit more of like the High and the exactly the grandeur is a great way to put it. Those two places completely blew us blew us away. And both of those spots too are ones that you do observe um, the local customs here in terms of dress code. So that is those were the only two spots that I had to make sure I was following all of 
the dress codes for women where I had to have my uh, shoulders covered and uh, specifically in the mosque I had to get an abaya, uh, basically a headscarf and a robe and I wasn't allowed to show my hair. Uh, but they do actually sell them right outside the mosque. If you don't happen to have one, I highly recommend getting one on Amazon ahead of time. Save yourself <laughs> some money and haggle the people outside of the mosque. Because they will try and charge you a ton. They'll try and ton. charge you a lot. Um, you shouldn't pay more than 30 AED, honestly, for a generic one. Anyways, off topic. But yeah, highly recommend checking out those areas because I felt like we learned a lot about the culture, a lot about the history. And then, of course, the natural landscapes blew us away. We already talked about the mangroves, but this resort that we stayed at called it Talal Resort. It was insane. It's a cultural resort, so that was cool. It was interesting. It wasn't necessarily... It it was considered a five-star resort, too. But a five-star cultural resort. Which we'd never... very different. Yeah, we've never experienced a place like that. As soon as you get there, you're like, where am Am I? I? Yeah, so it was about, what, a two-hour drive out of Abu Dhabi City? It's It's kind of in between, but it's in between Abu Dhabi City and Alain. And it was super cool because you literally are staying in these rooms and right outside your door are these epic sand dunes and it's actually a really big resort for falconers like we met these guys from all over the middle east and they said they come here together and it's kind of like their giant brotherly hunting season that they all go out together it was it was a really cool experience i feel like this we talked about it in our youtube video if you if you want to see any of the behind the scenes from this go and check out our abu dhabi youtube video we put everything so you can see the visual beauty of it but this this one moment that we had we he was a prince of saudi arabia but he had his whole group there and they, we didn't ask them. We didn't, like, we said, hey, how's it going? And they were like, would you like to hold the falcon immediately? Yeah, we were just walking back to our room after sunset. Yeah, they brought <laughs> us over to, like, this little makeshift Bedouin camp inside the area, sat down, held them. We took some pictures. We came back, and then they gave us some dessert. They made these freshly baked. They were almost like donut Yeah, their wives brought us these desserts and they were like please have some please hold my falcon let me take these pictures of you in front of these guns and you'll look all cool <laughs> yeah they, and they just started talking to us about what they do every year and how this is such a important part of their culture and they're so proud of it it was really cool to meet someone that proud and that friendly of everything that they had there so and it was, it was just like a random it was like late at night too when we were walking back to the room after shooting yeah sunset. it was like barefoot and <laughs> it was dirty. just funny but they're so everyone we've run into here especially in jordan which we'll get into in a little bit has been so nice like we haven't run into any mean or off you just don't people. get any snarky like californians or you you like say hey how's it going to someone and they ignore write you, you off and ignore you or say like what you want it's it was crazy i mean street vendors are a whole nother game if you we haven't been to egypt but we've heard that it's pretty aggressive down there and However, i mean in abu dhabi i did we didn't have too much of a problem with street no, vendors i feel like no. the only time was the taxis they can be a little pressing just outside the airport. But other than that, I feel like everyone, we didn't get pushed vendors, at all. And if you said no, they like respected that. So overall, Abu Dhabi, highly recommend. Totally broke all of our expectations of everything. And then that was back in February. We reached, or we got reached out to by a hotel in Dubai. And naturally, we planned another trip out here to go work with them and, and then add some extra time in for exploring. So now we're back and we just finished up our time in Dubai and we stayed at the Atlantis Palm and it was, oh, that resort was insane. But the second you land in Dubai, totally different vibe than Abu Dhabi, even though they're only an hour away from each other. Yeah, it was like, we're, we're, we keep calling 
Dubai, the Las Vegas of Europe. Because in the U.S., almost no. people, I feel like... No, 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 no. Las Vegas of the Middle East. Not a... You think? It's the Las Vegas of the Middle East. We're not located in Europe. Well, I mean, all the Europeans fly here to get try right, and like, get away. Right, but it still be the Vegas Rather than the like the U.S. flying out here. I'm right, you're wrong. All right. Anyway, it, it's we, we're comparing it to like a Las Vegas-esque type of scene where you're driving through the desert and all of a sudden you see these massive skyscrapers. It looks better at night during the day because of all the lights and crazy beams and the magnificent cars you're going to see driving down the road. Immediately when we got there, like the, there were Lamborghinis skirting by us. You look to the side, all the expensive car dealers, everything there is... Not not even extra. It's the, it's they say extra. it's Dubai. Or anytime you say anything, like if we're asked, why, does, why is there gold on top of my caviar? It's Dubai. Or we say, oh, what what can we do this? Are we allowed to hike up there? It's Dubai. I feel like that was what they're saying as we went throughout the trip. But if you think of it, like once you land, Dubai has every sort of world record breaking thing <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. You're driving by. Oh, here we have the world's largest frame like why did somebody put that in there <laughs> it's literally a couple i don't know if it's a couple hundred feet high or what no, but no, no. It was, this, this thing, thing was, was massive minimum like 50 stories high just a giant frame it. in the middle of nowhere we didn't get to go to it so the, the burj khalifa is actually 130 830 meters from top to bottom which is around 2700 feet Literally almost a full kilometer going straight from the bottom up to the top, which absolutely blew our minds. It's like the the Empire State Building doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, it, it was wild to see it because you're driving and you're used to seeing skylines, but this thing pops up like it's Everest. Like if you've ever been to Alabama Hills in California, you have Lone Pine. It's like completely flat. And then all of a sudden you have the Eastern Sierra. It jumps up 10,000 feet all the way up to Mount Whitney. It's kind of a jaw dropping spectacle to see. And you go to here in, du- in in Dubai, it's the same style of thing. You have all the other skyscrapers. They're okay. They're beautiful. They have awesome designs. But then there's this one building that just pokes up out of everything. And you can see it from miles away. It's, it's absolutely incredible. I'd like to point out that I looked up how big the frame is, and it is 492 feet tall. That's insane. Which is about 49 stories yeah. tall, which so, is completely wild. Basically, Dubai is what I would think of as totally man-made city whereas Abu Dhabi had a little more to offer in terms of the landscape I think Dubai is like world's or human's biggest everything yeah I feel like there's so much money in Dubai from the oil and from all the people wanting to move there and them really building it up that it's now just become a why why don't we just do this why don't we build the tallest building in the world why don't we have the world's longest water slide? Why world's don't we have biggest, the... Or, no, UAE's biggest cliff jump at Atlantis, which, by the way, was like such a bamboozlement. It was like 10 feet. But it, it, it's just kind of... It's almost comical to think like if they... I feel like if they come up with an idea, they're just like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's make it the biggest thing. And money is not... No, no problem for them because there's so much money in Dubai. Even just walking down the street, everyone's wearing the designer clothes. You feel poor. Every you could you could be very wealthy in the US and I feel like you would come to Dubai and you'd feel normal just cuz everything there is so over the top. If Above it's, and beyond. If it's not gold, they're going to make it gold. If there's a pillar, they're going to find a way to make it the tallest pillar in the room. It's just every single little thing. It's hard to almost explain. But I think you guys get the picture. Yeah, you'll, you'll be walking down the street and I, I feel like after three or four days of being in Dubai, you almost get 
numb to the type of crazy sculptures and crazy architecture there is there oh another world record break broken okay i feel like it's like santa barbara if you've ever been to santa barbara in california there's about a thousand and i don't know a ten thousand porsches driving down the road at all times so the first time i went there i was like holy cow how is there so many porsches how is there so much money here but then after living there for a few years, I was like, eh, it's just another porch. I feel like that's the same way as it is in Dubai. These crazy skyscrapers, top-of-the-line restaurants, best malls. There's literally a mall in Dubai where you can go skiing inside of the mall, which I thought that was only a thing in Montana, or um, I thought that was only a thing in, what's that one place Canada. that's the world's biggest mall in the what, Minneapolis in Minnesota? There... It, it almost reminds me of what it is like in Minnesota when there's nothing else to do. So they build this giant mall. And I think that is what they're trying to make Dubai out to be. Is it's not necessary. There's not going to be a lot of natural beauty. We did a hot air balloon around the area. And it was gorgeous to be able to get up that high. But the sand dunes were not nearly as big as the ones out in Abu Dhabi. There's no mountains. There's a lake there. Or there's the ocean there. There's that man-made you can, lakes. Yeah, that you can go and swim in. They literally built, they pulled in sand and from all over the world to build this palm from space that where you look down, you see this crazy looking piece of architecture. So everything there just feels very, very over the top. It was a beautiful place to go though. If you guys are looking for somewhere to go, we would recommend visiting in January, February. The people there were awesome as well. We didn't get to spend too much time with the locals because we spent a lot of time at the Atlantis in Atlantis the Palm, which it, we can do a whole nother podcast on how amazing this was, resort was. But it really did fit into the Dubai stereotype. Like every meal was like a six course meal and a five star chef and world famous and the water parks broke all the world records. And so it definitely fit into Dubai's like stereotypes. But we would definitely say if you're going to the UAE for more culture, more landscapes, choose Abu Dhabi. If you're going out for like bachelorette party or <laughs> some sort of celebration, birthday kind of thing, that's where we'd say go to Dubai instead. I just think it's interesting if you look up like top things to do in California or top things to do in San Diego, there's going to be a thousand and one things. When we were looking up top things to do in Dubai, it was Burj Khalifa. Go to the water park. Go to the frame. Exactly. Go to the mall. Go to the museums. And th- those are the big things. There wasn't- or, or they say, go to these places that were actually in Abu Dhabi. And so they would be like, take a day trip to Abu Dhabi to go do these things. Which I thought was very funny. And another really cool culture, cultural spot, we barely mentioned it, was Alain. This spot... I would recommend going to if you really want to get into the UAE's culture, if you're into the religion that they practice there, if you want to see more of the behind the scenes style of stuff rather than seeing more of the gaudiness of Dubai or the even big city style of, um, if you want to see the big city style of Abu Dhabi, if you're looking for somewhere to get away from both of those cities and kind of get out of the way, go check out all the museums. I would recommend doing like a little day trip out to Al Ain. So far, driving around Jordan has been really, really beautiful. There's been so many different landscapes that we've seen. One was called Dana was basically looked like the Grand Canyon. You're driving along. It's this completely flat sandstone area. There's not a whole lot going on. It's very different than Abu Dhabi because it doesn't have these sand dunes. It doesn't have any crazy skylines like you would see in Dubai. 
But when you finally get in there, all of a sudden you drive up to this little hotel and there's this massive drop off. It drops off about 2,000 meters and you get to see all of these beautiful caves. You get to see this gorgeous architecture, the layering of the rocks, it's completely different than anything we've seen. Another really cool thing that we liked was all the people so far. It's not even that they're just nice, it's that they're over the top nice. From the moment we get there to not, as soon as we say that we were from the US or as soon as we say, yeah, we're traveling here, we're excited, all of a sudden they completely start going overboard with their kindness and welcoming us there, trying to make sure everything was perfect. So it, it feels like the service we've had in the US, service we've had in the UAE was great. But the people here in Jordan have just been compl something that we're not used to when we're traveling. The second, I guess the airport was the one area where the service was not great. But the second we got to our hotel, our driver was very, very nice and accommodating. And then once we got picked up with our guide, Ahmed, he has been absolutely incredible. We booked it on, or we just booked this tour in Jordan on Get Your Guide and just read the reviews and there were lots of good reviews. So we just went for it and he has been so awesome. He greeted us, immediately gave us cold water. We were driving. He's like, oh, let me buy you some Turkish coffee. And then he went out of his way to go buy even more water because he said not, ours wasn't cold enough and we deserved more cold water. And then he gave us a portable Wi-Fi unit so we could still stay connected. And he's just been awesome. And then we just came back from a meal uh, around the corner from our hotel. And our waiter was really awesome. He gave us uh, some extra little desserts and appetizers for free, which was really nice. We, we left the store nearby just to pick up some snacks. And the guys just gave us some free water, too. And wished us a happy Ramadan, like... Our guide was explaining too. Everyone here is super nice and super um, welcoming of visitors and other other kinds of cultures because one, it's a totally dry country. Like you're not allowed to drink in public, so there's not many issues. But two, they just all have this mutual understanding where everyone is very tolerant of one another. They respect one another. He definitely told us that the biggest thing in Jordan is respect, and so. Whether you are a foreigner, another a tourist, or an actual resident of Jordan, um, you'll you'll see a lot of kindness and understanding and empathy from from other people here. Yeah, I thought that was really crazy to see just how, um, especially with all the different cultures and all the different people coming through here. The listening to him explain what it's like living here and raising his kids here and. Being able to see, he he's lived in the U.S. for a while, our driver from today, and he was just talking about the culture of even the, even crime here, he said is very, very minimal. We were talking about how there's a very large, uh, a really large amount of military activity throughout the entire drive from the airport all the way to us being here in Petra now. And he said that the military is always there, but the citizens also, they don't like crime. They're, they're going to report if they see stealing. They're going to report if there's any problems. There's almost a trust system. So the crime rate here is much, much lower, which is so interesting to me because it's almost a hot spot in the world. It has Israel, Syria, all these... Palestine. It has all these places that are always filled with so much war and so much hatred going back and forth. And Jordan, he was saying, is just in the middle of it and they don't want anything to do with that. 
He said that they were focusing more on peace and more on just making they don't want to deal with anyone else's problems. They want to they don't they're not throwing their military out at other countries trying to provide support. He said that he was in the military and they weren't trying to push them to do anything. It was much more like keeping Jordan then. safe and yeah. exactly. So it's really cool to just listen from a local's perspective and him living in Texas and seeing what the US is doing, but also moving back here. Yeah, and he said it's literally so safe. He trusts that he could have his daughter walk to school alone, no problem, and back. He could have any of his wife, his daughters, like, walk around, leave the door unlocked at his car or leave the door unlocked at his home and trust that nobody would come in and steal anything. Or he said he even, he's left, like, the window down, the doors open, like, and no one would come and take anything. So quite the opposite if you think of, like, cities such as New York or San Francisco, which are so crime-ridden. I would never, ever leave anything unlocked in San Francisco. Or, Or, like, leave a kid alone to walk to school and back in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, we were talking, we met this really cool lady on our trip actually in Dubai, and she's traveled all over the world, has over 700,000 followers, is doing content creation full time like we are. But it was really cool to listen to her. We asked her where, we always ask everyone, where's your favorite place you've traveled to? And she said, well, it, it depends on where you want to, what you want to do and where you want to go. But she said the best beaches hands down were Fiji for her. And she said that the best culture hands down was Jordan, which I thought was very interesting. It got also got a super hype to come here. But I thought it was so, so interesting that she would pick Jordan because I feel like in the U.S., no one really thinks, oh, I want to go on a vacation to Jordan or, oh, let's plan for all of us to go to Jordan. Everyone kind of looks at Costa Rica or Australia or New Zealand or Europe. I feel like there's such a stigma to it. And being here, seeing how nice the people are, seeing how beautiful the area is, we're getting ready to go do Petra at night tonight. And just the excitement that we have going into it. Everything here has been very, very nice and easy and calm compared to in Ab- even in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. It Not that it was hard to go and do things, but it felt like everything was so much busier. Here, everything seems very laid back, very nice and um, very nice and easy. So great taste in, in our mouths so far. And in terms of what the country has to offer, there are so many different things, whether you're coming here for culture, for adventure, for... Um, romance i don't know but there's something for everyone here like we're about to go see petra which is one of the new seven wonders of the world and then we're gonna go off to wadi rum which is this big vast desert with all these crazy landscapes that are equivalent to those of like utah and arizona and the southwest usa and then we're gonna go see the dead sea which is the lowest point in the world and get to go float in there and there's so much religious significance here cultural significance and just it's a really cool spot lots of history too it dates back so far like back into the ottoman empire into romans and and so there really is whether you're here for culture history uh landscapes just a fun vacation there's something for any type of person in any age group really and it's never talked about in terms of like being on the top of someone's travel bucket list in the usa from our experience so it's been very cool to open our eyes to a whole nother country here and we're very excited to see what the rest has to offer yeah it's a, the, like i said the only bad part that we've had so far was the airport we- but it's a it's a dual-edged sword because the reason why we hated our airport experience is because we get off the plane 
we're going through customs, we get our visa, we go through customs again, <laughs> they stamp our passports, we go through one more time just to make sure they have, we had all our paperwork right. Okay, cool. Now it's been, what, 40 minutes since we, since we landed? Then we go down. Our bags took two, basically two hours since we landed to go through everything. And our ours must have been the last ones off the plane. We think that they had to open up every single bag just to make sure there was nothing in it before they came through. As soon as we got to the hotel, we were complaining. I can't believe it took two hours to get our bags. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's normal. normal. We were like, what? <laughs> that hasn't happened to us anywhere before. I think the longest was Iceland where it took like an hour and then my bag didn't show up. But the the security there that's why you can't even go to the airport without like a special vehicle because you have to either take a taxi an uber or like some authorized car with a permit they won't let your average joe just drive to the airport which i think is really interesting and then there's tons and tons of security around there as well and i we've seen quite a few security cards or cars like on the side of the road throughout our whole drive from like amman out to out to Petra. So it's a very safe country and they take security very, very seriously. Yeah, it seems like from there and they don't worry about the, it seems like there's not a lot of crime that they have to worry about, but they have everything in place just, it, in, case. just in case anything was to go wrong, which is really cool to see. But I think it's very interesting to me talking about like UAE, Dubai, now Jordan, compared to like an Egypt or an Israel or somewhere else. And we haven't I've, been to those spots. We've, ju- we've heard horror stories about people haggling you in Egypt, and it almost seems like it only happens at the insanely popular spots, which is not to put like a hold on tourism or anything like that or to point any fingers, but it's so interesting to me how obviously Petra is a wonder of the world, but even going, we went to Little Petra earlier, none of the other spots we went to that were just as gorgeous and beautiful landscapes and these really cool interesting areas but they don't have any titles on them of like best place in jordan to go or wonder of the world and you're we're not getting haggled there there's no problems that as soon as we went to one of these other spots all we're getting approached by guide after guide or all the people sitting in tents it's very very commercialized you can see it's just a completely different culture than if you go to any of the other locations and obviously everyone knows the egyptian pyramids and it's very sought after tons of movies huge tourism do you think that it, I, I'm curious that if they weren't, like if it wasn't considered a wonder of the world, if there would be that kind of um, pushiness surrounding it. No way. It. People, I mean, you have to think at the end of the day, these guys that are haggling you just are trying to make a living. Are they doing it in the most gracious way possible? No. Especially if you're from the US, you like hate getting confronted by these people typically. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, they're just trying to work. But what I appreciated our guide would do in the car is he'd tell us like hey this is a good price if they try and pitch you higher like don't take it <laughs> so he, he he was the homie in terms of trying to like make sure we don't get scammed because apparently that's a big problem in not necessarily just jordan but around other popular spots like the pyramids and everything in uh in egypt and dead sea in israel he was saying like a lot of the a lot of the companies will try and sell you all these very special skincare items that aren't even the best of quality, but they'll jack up the prices because tourists just don't know better and they think they're getting the most 
exquisite dead sea mud for their skin or something so definitely do your research in terms of pricing and whatnot because guides will haggle you like the first the first place we went to in little petra our guide said like don't take a tour guide or like if you want to take a tour guide you can but do not spend more than 15 uh jordanian dinars on one like max and you don't even necessarily need one but no like there's gonna be a ton coming up to you the first guy came up he was like 20 and my mom was like 15 and he was like okay so <laughs> just it's the same way in mexico at least in puerto vallarta with all the street markets that we've been to and the same thing in guatemala, guatemala. Try- do you um, think that it has more to do with the culture do you think it has more to do with like everywhere the- but i mean if we think of like let's say the golden gate bridge in san francisco you don't have a ton of people running up to you trying to haggle you to like yes, you do. sell you things. Do you not remember the wharf? Well, I mean, the wharf is a different story. No, but I'm talking it, about like no, the Golden Gate no, Bridge. No, it's not a like, different story because the Golden Gate Bridge is a is a bridge. But I would equate like that in San Francisco to this as well. It's a tourist trap. Hmm. Or like in, it happens when I in think the U.S. Of like, too. When I think of like Yosemite, like if we're hiking up Miss Falls or something like that, that's a protected area, so they cannot do that. Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is is it? Do you think it's the tourism? Do you think it's the type of people that are in those areas? Do you think it's up to like the government to almost step in and make it so people can't sit there and haggle you? I thought it was so interesting. What we went to this one spot in Jordan called Little Petra, and they were setting up this like. It looked like a beautiful event. They were putting lights all over the place. They were setting up these carpets. Uh, they were gonna do like a. They were gonna play music. They set up all these giant speakers. But it was in like such an old, like very very ancient civilization that people go to to see and experience. And for me, it didn't take me out of the moment. But it definitely like, I I was sitting back saying, why are they setting this all up? Because people will pay for it. Obviously, people will pay for it, but that would never happen. At like, I, I brought up a very popular hike in Yosemite called Glacier Point. Imagine if we were sitting up there. What would you almost equate that to? Like the engagement shoots up there that put us off. Yeah, I think it's I mean, so. I'm I'm curious if we went to Egypt. Obviously, that the people there are the way they are. The culture there is the way it is, and the tourism is. But I'm curious if they ever implemented anything like Yosemite has because they get. I'm sure they get around the same number of people going to them year after year, day after day. But um, what I wonder what causes I think that we're level. just used to the privilege of USA where we don't have a lot of people haggling us because they don't need to. Whereas in other countries like in Guatemala and Mexico here, like they need to make a living somehow. And so if they don't haggle people, they're not going to make a living. True. Okay. So I don't think it's necessarily is tourism the problem. It's like based on, you know, the can different poverty levels in different countries. Is Can they make a sustainable living? Are there sustainable wages? No? Okay, well then what are they going to do to make their money? They're going to go to the tourists because there's a lot of money in tourism. So very, very it's true. an added inconvenience to us. But to them, like one tour is going to pay for their families, whatever, like their meals, their housing that kind of stuff so although it's an annoying thing to deal with especially from what we've heard in egypt uh you you also have to think like from the other side they're just trying to make a living from that point of view totally understands i was trying to think of all the different popular spots and what because even in the u.s i feel like if you go to hollywood 
you're going to have that same type of experience 100%. as we would have in Egypt. I think it's just exacerbated by tourist spots. Like they wouldn't do it in spots that wouldn't have a lot of people because it wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't get a return on investment. And then it almost, it almost goes back to just the marketing. Whichever places are marketed the most, those are the places that are going to get the most tourism that cause these crazy problems. So I don't know. It's, it's so interesting when you when you visit these places and you hear so much about them and you see the pictures and then you actually go and experience it and see what the culture's like. The culture in Jordan we're absolutely in love with so far, especially the people. But it, I don't know. Today was very interesting. I'm curious what it's like when we go to Egypt or when we go to these other places in the Middle East. But yeah, if you guys have been to any of these spots, uh, maybe you guys can relate. Maybe you guys had a totally different experience. But so far, we absolutely have loved our time over here, and it's broken a lot of expectations that we had before coming here this year in 2022, and we're excited to keep on exploring countries out here. Yeah, I mean, you you obviously have to stay safe. Like, we just had a friend in Israel, and while she was out here working for the tourism board, something happened. There was a bombing at the airport, so obviously it shut down the campaign. She got flown out. And things like that do happen, but I mean, things like that happen in the U.S. all the time. There's school school shootings, there's stuff that's happening with crime. It's It happens everywhere in the world. I just feel like the there's so much stigmatism towards the Middle East, when in reality, it's, it's just as bad in most places it's in the world. It's just how the media reports it. But obviously, like you do in certain countries that we have not visited yet, there's a worse stigma for... A reason there are there are some countries out here that aren't as progressive aren't as woke as Stephen would say um <laughs> especially in regards to women so obviously you want to do your research and whatnot but from our experience in the uae and jordan we have had uh nothing but good things to say really aside from the minor inconveniences that you run into with travel travel headaches but. i think that's just us wanting to be fast travelers like we usually are in the u.s well, if we get to the baggage claim and our bags are already there, we're about as stoked as ever. But anytime we have to take a moment to sit there, be patient, even with the meals, it was kind of funny. We were sitting at this five-star, it was rated one of the best restaurants in all of Dubai. We had it comped, and here we are on our seventh seventh, uh, seventh course, and we're like, no more, Please, don't give don't us, give any, us more. any more food. The yeah. chef's coming out to us and talking to us about this amazing experience. We're all just stuffed to the gill. It's just comical. I feel like in the U.S. we're so used to just eat, be full, okay, leave, go to our next thing. It It's a beautiful thing to be able to sit and enjoy and really... Slow down. Exactly. Which is one thing we, I think we all need to do, especially me when we're traveling. <laughs> especially Steven in life. <laughs> But anyways, on that, before we get off too far from our original topic, uh, we hope you guys really enjoyed this episode on um, our experiences here in the Middle East, and we hope that in the future we can do some more podcast episodes as we cross more bucket list destinations out here off the list. You guys will have to visit someday, though, and let us know if it is underrated, justified, or overrated in our opinion completely underrated i think this is somewhere that a lot of people should visit and it'll change a lot of people's minds when they're visiting the middle east but once again you know we always ask if you can go ahead and leave us any type of review on apple Podcasts or on spotify we would love that and if you could share it with one other person that you think would find any value that was kind of on the borderline of buying that plane ticket with you to fly out to the middle east 
or that you think would find something interesting or fun about this, please share it with one other person, whether it's an Instagram story, a Facebook post, or just a quick text message to one of your friends. That would help us out a ton as we come up on our 10th episode of the podcast, and we have about five more episodes this season before we cut it off for summer. And with that, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you back next week with another one.